0: The Daily Rios for Monday, November 2nd, 2015. Today's topic comes from feedback from episode 306. This is from Charlton Hero of the Superhero Satellite website where you can find commentary on comics, TV, and the world of pro wrestling and you can find it at charltonhero.wordpress.com. In episode 306, I got a chance to talk a little bit about Christopher Priest and his Falcon mini series from the 80s, which then had me listing off a bunch of Marvel minis from the 80s and how much I have a soft spot for all of them. So Charlton Hero commented, "'Loved your idea of re-releasing the old 1980s Marvel limited series in one or two collected volumes. I love the Hawkeye and Nightcrawler solo minis. They were great. I still think DC did a better job of their minis than Marvel.' Case in point, the Teen Titans minis in the 80s were always a favorite of mine. Which company did a better job, in your opinion, and which series on both sides did you enjoy most? Now look, any chance to talk about 80s comics and 80s limited series, yeah, I'm on that. Now ultimately, I'm not sure I have a definitive answer on which company did a better job, Marvel had a lot of them and featured a wide wide range of characters. Uh, DC did as well, and DC was probably better at hitting different genres in their miniseries and maxi series. And although they featured a lot of their characters, they went out of their way to feature new works, new ideas within their miniseries. Um, and you know, you can't argue the. Influence that Watchmen and Dark Knight had, but really, who did a better job? I don't know. I don't think I can answer that, or maybe I can answer that after I looked at both uh, Marvel and DC and the miniseries and maxi series and limited limited series that they put out. We'll see. We'll see if I want to answer that. But I can certainly answer which series I enjoyed from each company. So in this episode, I'm just going to focus on Marvel and all of the miniseries that they put out from 1980 to 1989. Now, I'm not including movie adaptations. I'm not including epic. I'm not including series that probably were meant to be ongoings, and then they just ran out. And I'm not including the miniseries that maybe were reprints of older stories. I'm going to try to, as much as I can, hit just uh, you know, Marvel's main publishing line. Now, this is somewhat in chronological order. I'm, I'm going year by year. Um, if I missed any, let me know. However, I'm trying to focus on the ones that I've read, right? And that just seems obvious. So if I haven't read it, I can't really talk about it too much. And I'm only doing initial reactions to the ones that I have read. I'm not doing anything in-depth. I haven't had time to reread all of these miniseries. Some of them I don't even have anymore. I'm just going by what I remember or what stands out in my brain uh, about them and uh, trying to go through the ones I I really, really liked. So for Marvel, we start in 1982 with the granddaddy of all Marvel events, Contest of Champions 1 through 3. Um, Read this for the first time probably for a CGS episode where we were doing little mini segments on different events for Marvel and DC. And the most interesting thing about Contest of Champions, first of all, I love the first issue cover, um, is that so they gather all these heroes and they introduce new international heroes. And there's some kind of contest, probably featuring one of the elders of the universe. I don't remember anymore. But in the contest, there's two sides. Well, as they're adding up whatever it is that they have to do, uh, whoever wrote the story, they got the count wrong. So it either really ends up in a tie, I think, um, even though there's a winner chosen, there's a side that's chosen as a winner, it actually ends in a tie, which is really kind of strange. But I do like it, and I've always wanted to go back to it uh, more in depth. In fact, one of the things I wanted to do on the Crisis tapes, um, which has you know, kind of been on a hiatus for a little bit, is every now and then I wanted to sprinkle in a Marvel event and just do one episode on one Marvel event just to kind of mix things up. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to that, but I actually purchased um, the Contest of Champions hardcover not too long ago from a store in uh, Philly, Brave New Worlds. They had it it marked as 50% off, so it was kind of hard to pass up even though I have most of the issues. I think I have issue two and three. Um, so, Contest of Champions, always a favorite of mine, and, um, I have to have it in my collection just because of the event status. Also in 1982, and also I'm including its sequel, which came out in, let's see, uh, 1984, 85, or something like that. This is Hercules, Prince of Power a four-issue miniseries, and then the second volume was also a four-issue miniseries by Bob Layton and another... I'm I'm sure I'm missing tons of people. I, again, I'm not doing a lot of research on this episode. Um, I just liked it because this is my version of Hercules, especially the second volume. Um, I finally completed getting the first volume and I rebuilt the second volume because I had sold it years before. And apparently there's a graphic novel from late 80s uh, called Full, Full Circle. And that's also written by Bob Layton. I have to assume it connects to these first two miniseries because it has the same characters. So as a kid, I loved Greek gods. I, this is my version of Hercules that I really like. And the second volume had really interesting characters like Red Wolf. And there was a Captain Marvell connection. Um, it took place in the future. I-, I dug it. I love those two. Are they brilliant? I don't know. Um, but I do, uh, appreciate, um, these miniseries. Um, I'll list some of the miniseries that I haven't read as well as I go through this. So Team America, apparently one through 12, never read it. All right. Then we go to the biggie, Wolverine one through four. Now I know this is supposed to be important. Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Very influential. It adds all this stuff to the Wolverine mythos, like all the stuff in Japan and ninjas. You know, it was the 80s. I read it years ago. I read the first trade, which came out in late 80s, but I probably read it in early 90s. And read it once. Those damn Claremont recaps at the start of every issue got to me. I just couldn't get past them and how wordy they were and you know, I sort of felt they were unnecessary and it just wasn't my thing. And I know the movie is based off of it, blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah. Um, I need to do a reread of this miniseries. Um, I remember seeing it as a kid up on the shelf, uh, usually marked up, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 bucks. But as I said, I read it once and it didn't leave a mark. Will it leave a mark now, decades later? Maybe. Um, All right, also in 1982, Vision and the Scarlet Witch four-issue miniseries came out, but I never read it. 1983, Hawkeye four-issue miniseries. This is the Hawkeye series that Charlton uh, mentioned uh, with Mark Grunewald on—I think he wrote it and drew it and did everything. Um, For the longest time, I only had issue four with Hawkeye on the cover in a coffin surrounded by other Avengers and other characters— And that was always a striking image to me. And um, I also thought it was interesting that of all the Avengers, he got a miniseries. Uh, It features, once I read it, finally read it, it features Mockingbird and the villain Crossfire. And these two kooky characters called uh, Oddball and Bombshell, I believe. Um, This is the miniseries where he goes deaf by the end of the issue. So if you don't know that um, Hawkeye used to be deaf... This is where it happens. I loved the sky cycle that he had. And the last issue had this imaginary or had Crossfire thinking about, you know, I'll, I'll kill Hawkeye and everybody will come to his funeral and they will all fight each other. And as a kid, seeing scenes of heroes fighting each other was so powerful. So I always dug that miniseries. Again, not one of the greatest ones, but um, one of my, one of you know, I had a soft spot for it. And then the Christopher Priest Falcon four-issue miniseries uh, with art by Paul Smith and then M.D. Bright. Uh, That first-issue cover of Falcon all broken up and beaten and standing against a brick wall, so powerful. And I think Christopher Priest was known as Jim Owsley at the time, uh, featured Captain America, a character called Turk, who was hysterical. And I believe Christopher Priest brought these characters back in the Captain America Falcon series with art by Bart Sears in the 2000s. One of the things that stood out to me in this miniseries is that they had a bunch of Puerto Rican characters, but the coloring on them was really this weird gray muddy tone, and I didn't quite understand what I was looking at, but I always remember that. All right, 1983-84, Cloak and Dagger four-issue miniseries with artwork, beautiful artwork by Rick Leonardi. Fell in love with these characters right away Probably was first introduced to them in a Peter Parker uh, Spectacular Spider-Man issue, but always loved the visuals of Cloak and Dagger. And I swear I read Spider-Man 2099 for a little bit because it had Rick Leonardi artwork. I loved his stuff in the 80s. Um, One of those um, artists that doesn't get... Uh, wider recognition, but um, I've always enjoyed that miniseries because of his art more than anything. Now here's one that I think is really good, Magic, the four-issue Magic miniseries. Just a gruesome story, Dark, uh, featuring Belasco and this alternate group of X-Men in limbo, and they were all dying, Nightcrawler was evil, Colossus was all strung up with his metal guts hanging out. This miniseries really made me like Ilyana. And I like the way that they used it in the larger canon of all of the X-Books, including New Mutants and Uncanny at the time, which were the only X-Books at the time, I guess. Um, So I've always enjoyed uh, that miniseries. You know, Storm, an older Storm that was her mentor, and she was rude and mean. Um, So I think they used the miniseries format really well with that series, with Magic. Uh, all right, so then there's US 1, also in 1983. In 1984, there was X-Men and the Micronauts four-issue miniseries, but I never read it. Uh, Jack of Hearts number four, Now here, uh, four-issue miniseries. This is one of my personal favorites. I loved it. I can't, can't even tell you the creative team without looking it up. Uh, but I he was in a Marvel team-up story, and then he spun out into this uh, miniseries, and he had other appearances as well. Um, I liked his goofy costume, which I think was drawn by Keith Giffen. Although I, I thought it was a Paris design when I was younger for some reason, probably, probably because it was so busy, but I'm fairly certain it was by Keith Giffen or maybe I'm mixing that up. Anyway, this was the miniseries that he was revealed to be an alien. Um, I just loved it. Was Ron Lim on the artwork? No, he might've, Ron Lim might've done the Marvel team up, uh, issue. Anyway, the covers were great. The story was fun. That's a personal favorite of mine. And then also in 1984, Quest Probe it was supposed to be 12 issues, but only three came out with that, uh, um, oh, what's the, the examiner? Is that his name? He looks like Mysterio, and it was supposed to connect to a computer game, and it just never really went anywhere. Uh, there was a Prince Namor Submariner four-issue miniseries that I don't really remember much. I remember the covers being very superheroic, you know, Prince Namor looking very buff and big. But in 1984, West Coast Avengers, the four-issue miniseries that preceded the series with Tigra and The Blank and Graviton, um, you know, uh, there are elements of this that were even mined for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Graviton, probably. I really, really, really liked that miniseries. I think the third issue featured, um, uh, you know, like a little mini Marvel crossover with Thor, Because the casket of ancient winters had been opened and every Marvel book, even though it was summer, every Marvel, um, you know, setting was covered with snow and and the third issue, third or fourth issue was that way for West Coast Avengers. Um, So I I just liked it. I've always liked Titans West as a concept. And now, you know, here was West Coast Avengers and it kind of made sense. So again, featuring Hawkeye on that first issue. So great, great, great miniseries. 1984, 1985. This is when these miniseries came out. Secret Wars 12. Do I really need to say anything about that? Machine Man, the four issue miniseries. Ah, oh, those beautiful covers. The the co artwork with Barry Windsor Smith and oh, he's he does like kind of like the embellishing over another artist, and I can't even remember who it is. Uh, but then there's Iron Man 2020. Which is so weird to think because it's 2015, and here we had Iron Man 2020, and Jacosta shows up, and it was a sad story. It was a very weighty, heavy, sad story. It's a very underrated miniseries. Uh, I suggest reading it because it's—I think it's very good. And then Kitty Pride and Wolverine was six issues. I th- think I read this prior to reading the Wolverine miniseries, so this is how I—this is how I come to Wolverine with um, all of his Japan connections. And, um, probably why, um, the Wolverine miniseries doesn't stand out as much. This is, I believe this is the miniseries where Kitty learns how to be a ninja as well. I don't remember much about it. Six issues, though. I thought that was cool. Uh, Starry Wars, the four-issue miniseries, the toys. I'm not gonna lie, I used to like the title because it just looked like Rios a little bit. Starry Wars, Starry, Rios, I don't know. So weird. Um... But those are toys. And also Transformers had a four-issue miniseries, but again, toys. Um, So it was a miniseries first, and then they kept it going into an ongoing. All right, Beauty and the Beast. What a weird miniseries that was that spun out of the Dazzler graphic novel um, featuring Dazzler and the Beast and this Doctor Doom ripoff that was really a robot, I think. Um, This is where you start to get this underworld of gladiators and arena fighters that I want to say spun off to become that wrestling group that Marvel had in their background. Um, just a wonky story. I like the in covers. Um, yeah, just strange. <laughs> not it's not a great miniseries, but it's worth. It's fun read. It's a fun read. Iceman four issue miniseries. Never read it in 1985. Gar- Gargoyle never read that. That was four issues. There was a raw rawhide kid. Four-issue miniseries, never read that. I also never read the Rocket Raccoon four-issue miniseries. I have the first issue, but I've never read the rest of them. Uh, 1985, Secret Wars 2, nine issues, oh boy. Squadron Supreme 12. All right, so now I read Squadron Supreme as it was coming out. And everybody wants to always hold this up to be as influential as Watchmen and also to be some kind of influence to Watchmen. I don't know about that because I read this as it was coming out. And when I was reading Watchmen, I knew that this was a different kind of book. Something about it felt far weightier and and felt important and grand. And it felt like a game changer. I didn't feel that with Squadron Supreme. And they both came out, what, one barely a year after the other. Uh, Is it a good story? Sure, it is. It's wordy. It's weird. It's tragic. Um, the artwork doesn't always necessarily fit the story, but it's a story about a team that is modeled after the Justice League of America. And that's where I think it's kind of interesting to read as some kind of meta-commentary to the Justice League and Superman and Batman. Um, if if you want to say it influenced anything, probably it influenced Kingdom Come, but you can't even think that because uh, Alex's Ross—Alex's— uh, Alex Ross's book, Mythology, kind of lays out where Kingdom Come really came from in terms of him growing up as a kid and drawing all these characters. Now, who knows? He might have mentioned Squadron Supreme as an influence, but I don't know that. Uh, But if anything, so like I said, to me, this is more a Kingdom Come book and less a Watchmen book. Um, All right, Long Shot, the six-issue miniseries with artwork by Art Adams. This was the miniseries all my friends were talking about in 1985. This was the book that blew their collective mind. Uh, You know, if you were older and you knew Michael Golden, Michael Golden's artwork, um, you might've seen Art Adams and just realized that he was kind of directly influenced by him. But if you were my generation and this book came out with Spiral and Quark and Mojo and Longshot, um, oh my God, Oh, my God, that artwork was just like, what are we looking at? It really was, to us, what I have to imagine later readers were like when they read, like, Rob Liefeld or Todd McFarlane, um, who were probably influenced by Art Adams and um, Longshot, you know? So, yeah, that that miniseries, ah, oh, so good. The uh, four-issue Nightcrawler miniseries came out in 1985. I've never read it, though. The two-issue X-Men Alpha Flight series, those were great. Might have been Claremont, I guess, but Paul Smith was on the artwork, and they all teamed up, and it was all about gods and wishes, and um, just an interesting, beautiful-looking story. Again, I don't remember much about it. All right, in 85, 86, we had Eternals, the 12-issue Walter Simonson-written series that I've never read, the 12-issue Vision and Scarlet Witch number 2 series, Balder the Brave had four issues. This was a companion piece to Simonson's Thor run. Uh, Firestar, four issue. Got it probably because of the cartoon. Read it. It was okay. It's not great, but I read it. Uh, Punisher, though. Punisher. First a four-issue miniseries, then a five-issue miniseries. Those damn Mike Zick covers. Ah, so beautiful. Painted. Um, The story I don't remember much about, but again, it was one of those that as I was reading it, I was thinking, oh, this is cool. This is great. This is a good series. But what we don't realize is the fifth issue I'm fairly certain is not by Mike Zek, or at least is not by the same writing team or same art team. Something happened with the fifth issue. I don't I, I don't remember. But um yeah, that's a standout in terms of Marvels Marvels minis. All right, in 1986, 87, we had six issues of Comet Man. Uh, All right, I'm breaking my tradition. We have eight issues of Elektra Assassin, which was an epic book that is just mind-boggling to read and look at. Uh, Mephisto versus Fantastic Four, X-Factor, X-Men, and Avengers. That was a four-issue series that I never read. X-Men versus the Avengers, never read that. Fantastic Four versus the X-Men. So in 86, 87, I guess it was all about hero versus hero. Um, I don't know why they did that. 1987, Fallen Angels, eight issues of a series that had a really interesting premise and just could not go any further than that. This whole premise that um, it's about the New Mutants and Bobby and Sam, who are known, known as um, Sunspot and Cannonball, uh, are playing soccer and something happens um, where Bobby crashes into Sam in the goalie, in the goalpost, and then there's some kind of argument. And eventually Bobby learns that his father is a member of the Hellfire Club, and he reads this personal note about Bobby written by Charles Xavier and how he hopes he wishes that um, that he hopes Bobby doesn't go down the dark path that his father went. And it kind of shocks Bobby, and it makes him leave the group and he goes off on his own and finds all these other characters, including Ariel and, and these walking lobsters and Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur. And just from there, it just gets wonky. The Vanishers in it. Not a great series. <laughs> 1988, four issues of Black Panther, six issues of Nick Fury versus Shield, four issues of Terminators. Never read them. 1988 89, we had Wolfpack, which was 12 issues. In 1989, we had Damage Control, which was four issues. 1989 and 90, we had another damage control series under the Axe of Vengeance event. Uh, We had the new universe book called War. And then in 1988 and through 90, we had two issues of Solar Man, which was kind of weird. So for me, out of all of those, my personal favorites definitely are the second Hercules miniseries, the Hawkeye miniseries. I think the Falcon series is very good. Uh, My personal favorite, Cloak and Dagger. Another personal favorite um, is um, Jack of Hearts. The Magic miniseries, again, I think is one of the better ones. Um, West Coast Adventures is a lot of fun. Secret Wars. Machine Man. Machine Man is great. And uh, let's see which other one. Long Shot, just because of the artwork. Squadron Supreme. Um, I have yet to read the balder one. Uh, Definitely Punisher, and if you've never read that X-Men Alpha Flight story, you probably should. All right, I will do a DC episode as a follow-up, but otherwise, this has been uh, episode 324. Send me your thoughts at Peter at The Daily Rios, and this has been The Daily Rios for Monday, November 2nd. See ya.